0: Hello and welcome, my name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter as well as a personal trainer and I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am your host, Jackie Lindahl. So in today's episode, I am going to chat about things that you need to stop doing in your fitness journey, weight loss journey, whatever it might be, to actually get results. And before we get into that, I will give you a quick little life update because it's like my favorite thing to do on the podcast. So quick life update, I am almost... 37 weeks pregnant. Um as I record this right now, I am 36 and 5 days, I think, something like that. 36 and 5 days and probably by the time this podcast gets released, um I will be 37 weeks. So 37 weeks is considered like full term. So like baby could come basically anytime. Um am I prepared? No. <laughs> I still have to finish packing my hospital bag. I still have to get the car seat in the car. Uh, it's really just a couple of things that I need to finish up, but am I completely prepared for this yet? No. Um, but I am very anxious to be done with pregnancy. I may do a video on this or something, but I have discovered that not discovered I knew this going into this, but I don't like being pregnant. And I think, I think I've talked about this just a couple of times here on the podcast, just once or twice, probably mentioned it, but I don't like being pregnant. And the third trimester to me is so hard because you are getting bigger by the day you are experiencing more and more pain. And like, for me, I kept pretty active throughout my pregnancy. Like I'm still being as active as I can be with my workouts and things like that, but you still get like aches and pains and like your back hurts. And at night my hips hurt when I sleep and it's uncomfortable. I can't lay on my back. I can't lay on my stomach. I have to only lay on my side, but only in certain positions and you're just uncomfortable you're huge. Um it's hard to even sit on the couch. And not only that, um I don't like the way I look when I'm pregnant. <laughs> Believe it or not, some women love their pregnancy bodies. And I love that for them. I love those women who are like, I loved my pregnancy body. I felt sexy. I felt good. You know, I loved the way I looked. I loved looking at my bump, etc. I love women who will who who like that for themselves. For me, um, it's a hard, no, I don't like the way I look. I feel huge. I don't like the way my body feels. I don't like anything about this. Have I complained enough yet? Probably. Anyway, so hopefully, hopefully just a few short weeks left and baby will be here. Um, yeah. So other than that, we have been keeping busy. It is, Um, kind of nearing summertime. It's springtime here and the leaves are on the trees and it was such a nice weekend. This past weekend here in Canada, we had what we call May long weekend, which is our Victoria Day holiday weekend. So had like a Really nice three-day weekend with good weather. And my husband was like super busy all weekend doing odds and ends and chores and things like that because we're trying to get our garden ready so I can plant a garden this year, which I am excited about to have my own first real garden. And hopefully some plants will survive, maybe. um, Yeah, but it was a great weekend and just a nice like nice weather and everything like that more than what we could ask for. Anyway, let's get into today's topic without further ado. So I don't bore you anymore with the boring details of my life. So topic for today, again, is things, five things that I want you, need you to stop doing in order to have success for your goals. And this could apply to fitness goals. This could apply to weight loss goals. This could just apply to health goals in general. All the above can apply to this. And these are things that I see people doing constantly and it's holding them back from achieving their goals and things that just little things really, they're, they're mostly mindset things on how to change your mindset towards your goals and what things to worry about and what things you really need to stop worrying about. And I'll go into detail on each one. So there's five. Is there more that I could go over? Yeah, but these are five big ones that I come across commonly with clients and, you know, people asking me questions on social media and stuff like that. So five big ones that I'm definitely going to go over today. Number one is you need to stop seeing foods as good versus bad. And This is a really big one for people and it's a very hard mindset to get over. Like it's easy to say, stop seeing foods as good and bad. You just need to see food as food. But in reality, it's hard. However, though, learning to change your mindset towards these things can really help change your perception of food and what food looks like and also your relationship with food, which in the long run helps you have better success, especially when it comes to weight loss. Oftentimes, and especially with diet culture and the culture of our parents, you know, I'm in my 30s. So, the culture of our parents and grandparents and stuff is there's good food and there's bad food. Good foods are your vegetables and proteins and things like that. And then there's bad foods, which are your sweets and chips and hot dogs and hamburgers and fries and those types of foods. Certain foods are good, certain foods are bad. And The reason why this is a problem is it creates this kind of hierarchy of foods and there's foods that we hold up on a pedestal, which are generally like our bad foods that we love and we enjoy, but, you know, there's those foods, those foods, we shouldn't have those foods and those foods can, you know, because they're deep fried or because they have lots of sugar in them or, you know, because they're sweet or whatever it might be. Those foods are considered bad and we can't have those foods or we shouldn't have those foods. Those are the foods that make us fat. Those are the foods that are hard to say no to. Those are the foods that we eat, you know, we dive into the ice cream at 10 o'clock at night when we're bored and we're not really hungry, but we're feeling kind of lonely or sad or frustrated about something. So we dig into those and then there's the good foods like salads and broccoli and chicken breast that's boiled without any seasoning and, you know those types of foods that are healthy. And those are the foods that we should want, but they just don't taste as good as the other foods sometimes. And it just creates this, this versus that mentality with food. And the reason why it can be dangerous is because when we have this good versus bad, what can happen is, is we tend to restrict the bad foods we restrict them, we cut them out, you know, the bad foods are bad. So we need to remove them from our diet completely. But then what happens when we keep trying to remove these foods constantly from our diet is we restrict, 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 restrict. And then one day it'll be at a birthday party or you go out to dinner or whatever it might be. And you have some of those quote unquote, bad foods some pizza, some cake, whatever it might be, maybe a couple glasses of wine. And then it sends you into this guilt spiral of, I ate these bad foods. And that means that I suck. I have no willpower. I can't stay on track. And then uh, for a lot of times for people, it spirals out of control where then they'll just say, fuck it. And then they completely fall off track and they just can't seem to try to get themselves back on. And the danger of that is, is then we say, oh, you know, there's this spiral of you fell off track. So then you're just going to continue eating these quote unquote bad foods and, you know, thinking to yourself that you suck and beating yourself up for these things. And then when you go to get back on track again, you think, okay, that's it. I'm never having, I'm not having any more pizza. I'm not having any cake. I'm not having any ice cream. And you cut, 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 cut these foods out and restrict, 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 restrict the bad foods, quote unquote, bad foods. And it just starts this cycle over again, this binge restrict cycle. And it is so common because if I am, you know, you might be listening to me talk about this situation and thinking, oh my God, I've done this before. This is me. You are not alone. So many people struggle with this. Many of my clients have struggled with this. And for some people, it's a really bad binge restrict cycle. And for some people it's not as bad, but there is just this mentality of this good versus bad. So when we start removing labels of good food versus bad food, and we try to just see food as food, it helps to reframe how we think about these foods. And the problem, or not the problem, the ideal situation is that you remove restriction on the quote unquote bad foods or the junk foods and just allow yourself to have them. That helps to remove the power that those foods have over you because you can tell yourself, I can have chips anytime I want. I can have cake anytime I want. I can have ice cream anytime I want. And it's not a bad thing. When you remove the power that those foods have, you just start seeing them as food. And then in turn, you'll actually start craving them less and stop freaking the fuck out over them when you have it. And I used to have this mentality with food as well, where I would be, and this goes along with like cheat days and things like that, where I would have be super strict during the week, like talking dialed in 100% on track with nutrition. No, can't have like meals out or anything like that. But then we would go out on the weekend and then I would just go balls to the wall because on these bad foods and then feel guilty Oh, and then feel like, oh, I have to like button it up again and get right back on track the next day. Whereas, and over time that kind of developed this negative relationship with food for me, that there were these good foods versus bad foods. And there was like foods that I was only allowed to have at certain times. But then when I started to loosen the reins a little bit, and this actually came about when my daughter was born and I calmed down a little bit, or like it actually came about when I was pregnant and then when my daughter was born. When I calm down and I just let myself have foods during the week, so I ha- I would have pizza during the week, whereas normally I would try to save it for only the weekends, or I would let myself, if I wanted a chocolate bar during the week, I could just have a chocolate bar during the week. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and when I started allowing myself to have this more freedoms with food, it actually started to remove the power that those foods had over me. And then I wouldn't get so upset when I had those foods. And not only that, I craved them less. And because I had this balance and I was allowing them into my life more often in moderation, anytime that I wanted, then it made it easier. And also, not only that, just telling myself I can have this whenever I want. So if I want pizza, maybe I don't need pizza today. Okay. Maybe I don't need pizza today, but I can still tell myself I can get pizza whenever I want. It's not that pizza is a novelty item anymore. I can have it whenever I want. So maybe I won't have it today, but maybe I'll have it another time when I want it. And it just helped to remove that mentality of good versus bad food and just seeing food as food and therefore helps remove those dangerous cycles where you fall off the wagon and think, fuck it. And then, um, Jordan Syat makes a great example of slashing your own tires. You know, if you have an off meal or something like that, and then say, fuck it. And you go into like this spiral of out of control and just throw everything that you've done in the garbage. It's the equivalent of getting a flat tire and then slashing the rest of your tires. Instead of just changing your tire and getting back on track on the road, you're just going to sit there on the side of the road with all four slash tires now going nowhere. So I always felt like that was a really good analogy. And yeah, so it's just, it's a, it's a hard process. Believe me, it doesn't happen overnight. And believe me, it isn't an easy way to reframe your mind, but in the long run, it really helps. So start slow with telling yourself things like, I can have these chips anytime I want, or allow yourself to have some, take some out of the bag, put them in a bowl, go and sit down and eat your Chips and enjoy them. Or, you know, if you have a birthday party coming up, rather than thinking, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I don't, you know, I want to eat the pizza, but I don't feel like I should. Just tell yourself, I'm going to eat the pizza and allow yourself to have it. And by allowing yourself to have it, you're more likely to have just a couple of slices or whatever and not go completely overboard and eat the entire thing out of guilt. Cause that's what I used to do. So, Stop seeing foods as good versus bad. Number two is you need to stop focusing on just the scale. And this pertains a lot to weight loss, um, but you could also just kind of expand this to stop only using one measure of progress as your only form of progress. But I'm going to talk specifically about the scale so stop focusing on just the scale, not saying that the scale can't be useful. Okay. The scale weighing yourself daily, whatever it might be, is a useful tool in a weight loss journey. However, though, it is one tool, one tool out of many other things that you can use to help measure your progress. It is not the only measure of progress and especially not the only measure of progress that matters. So if you're solely using the scale as your only form of progress, that's the only thing that you care about. Scale goes up, it's bad. Scale go down, good. Doesn't matter. You need to start implementing other forms of progress and looking at your journey as a whole in many different aspects rather than just focusing on the scale. The issue with using The scale as your sole measure of progress is the scale fluctuates. And I recently did an Instagram post on this about there are many different factors that affect your weight on the scale and the, your weight on the scale will change day to day. And that's normal, especially women. We are affected by hormones and hormones affect our weight and our water retention and things like that. So there are certain times of the month where our weight will fluctuate up. Even if you're doing everything perfect, even if everything is 100% on track, your weight will still fluctuate up at certain times of the month. And then your weight will go down at certain times of the month. And that's just just purely how your hormones can affect things. Never mind anything else. So when we only focus on just the scale, it creates this really negative relationship with anything else that we've been doing. You're not factoring in your strength progress. You're not factoring in your lifestyle progress. You're not factoring in your sleep, your consistency, your sex drive, anything like that. You're just focusing on scale, go down, good scale, go up, bad. And that's a really, really one-sided, one-dimensional way of looking at your journey. Whereas you need to start looking at your journey as a little bit bigger of a picture here. So instead of focusing on just the scale, I want my clients, especially, I talk to my clients about, I focus on about four or five different measures of progress, each of them carrying equal weight to me. So sure, you can weigh yourself on the scale daily, weekly, three times a week, whatever it might be, but also tracking your workouts, seeing how consistent are you? Are you getting your workouts in or your exercise in tracking your strength with those workouts? So is your strength going up? Are you increasing the weight in your workouts? Are you able to do more push pushups this month than you did last month? How's your deadlift? Are you, did you increase your deadlift by 10 pounds this month? Things like that. Super important. Other measures of progress would be like your sleep. Are you sleeping better? Are you getting better quality sleep? Do you make an effort to go to bed earlier at night and turn off your phone and stop watching TikTok before 2 a.m.? Other things like your water intake. Are you drinking more water? Are you feeling more hydrated now? Are you focusing on um, cutting down maybe on the 15 cups of coffee a day and adding in more water, that kind of thing? Like that is a big, big... A factor of progress as well as your mood. Do you find yourself having more energy? Do you feel better? Are symptoms of depression and anxiety being relieved or you know impacted? So many different measures of progress. Are you feeling like your clothes are fitting better? Are your progress photos improving? I just named like eight or nine different forms of progress. Each to me all have equal weight. And the scale, yes, is one of them. But like I said, there's so many other measures of progress as well that you can't just focus on the scale. So if you are just focusing on the scale and freaking out about it or nervous about it, I need you to start journaling and start tracking other forms of progress. Start tracking your workouts, take progress photos if you want, um, start journaling your mood, your sleep, all those types of things, because all of these things matter so much. And it's a part of the lifestyle. And that will help you, um, focus more on the long term versus just scale, go down good, scale, go up bad. Okay. Number three, stop using exercise to just burn calories or burn off food. And this is really important because I honestly hate it. I hate it when I get notifications. So I use an app with my clients for tracking their progress or for tracking their workouts. And if they have like a Fitbit or a Garmin or something like that, this app will link to your Fitbit. And what I hate and drives me nuts. And I wish that it was something that I could customize or get rid of is when they'll log their workout, but then their Fitbit automatically will also log their Fitbit or Apple watch or whatever will also log the amount of calories that they burn during their workout. And that drives me absolutely fucking bonkers because I don't give a shit how many calories you burn during your workout. I don't care. I literally don't care. And I've had to explain this to clients before where they're like, I burned 500 calories yesterday during my two hour hike or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. It's not that I'm trying to be rude. It's that I'm trying to tell them it doesn't matter. Your calories burned during exercise is completely irrelevant because exercise is not for burning calories. I'm going to repeat that. Exercise is not for burning calories. So when you're tracking your workout on your Apple watch or whatever it might be, stop looking at how many calories you burn during that workout. And I'm going to give you a few different reasons. Number one, it's inaccurate. It is inaccurate. Okay. Your Apple watch, Garmin watch, Fitbit, whatever it might be, whatever tracking that you're using, overestimates how many calories you actually burn during your workouts. And not only that, it is completely irrelevant. Number two is because exercise is for not burning calories. The ultimate goal of exercise is not to burn calories so that you can go and eat them later or to burn 200 calories because you ate a fucking cupcake yesterday. Exercise is ultimately for getting stronger, moving better, feeling better, getting your heart rate up, increasing your endurance, getting your body stronger, increasing your bone density for, especially as you age, helping to make everyday life easier. So many other reasons for exercise that it is not about burning calories. Exercise should be focused on going in and doing a good workout and having good intensity and feeling good afterwards and not about, Oh my God, I need to get on the treadmill and burn 500 calories because I had a piece of pizza last night. It, if we keep focusing on associating exercise with calorie burn, it just creates this horrible negative relationship with exercise and food and calories and everything like that. Whereas if you just start focusing on exercise as a way to take care of yourself and doing it for your health, it will dramatically improve your relationship with exercise and make it not such a dreadful thing. Exercise is hard to begin with. Like let's, to be honest here, exercise and getting it in and getting the workouts done can be really hard for some people to begin with. So when we're just focusing on exercises solely as a means to burn calories, it's going to create an even more hard and negative relationship with, with it, that it's going to be even harder to get people to want to exercise because they're going to be like, well, I just have to do it to burn calories. Like, no, Exercise isn't for burning calories. It's not for burning off food that you ate yesterday. It is to take care of yourself and increase your health. Okay. To lose weight, we got to focus on being in a calorie deficit and focus on your nutrition, not killing yourself, trying to burn as many calories as you possibly can, even though your Apple watch or whatever piece of equipment you're using, telling you how many calories you burned is completely inaccurate. I think I'm done ranting on that. Number four. Number four. You need to stop relying on motivation. Motivation is great for a few reasons. Let's talk about why motivation is good and then I'll talk about, about why motiv- motivation isn't good. Motivation is great for inspiration, helping you get started, helping you get excited about your goals. Motivation is great for helping you come up with ideas for goals and things like that. When people contact me about coaching and about training, they're feeling motivated. They're excited. They're, you know, anxious to get on the phone with me and we chat about their goals and I can hear them get motivated and excited and all these things. And it's what makes them want to start and take that leap of faith into working on their goals and stuff. Motivation can be good. One thing that we forget about motivation is it is, it is a feeling you feel motivated. Just like you feel happy, you feel sad, you feel angry. We all know that those feelings come and go. And the thing about motivation is, is it will come and go. You will feel motivated when you first start out on your journey. You're going to get excited. You're going to buy the nutritious food. You're going to get the new gear for your workouts. You're going to get the new shoes, the new outfits. You're going to look up stuff on YouTube. You're going to feel motivated and excited. And your first workout, you're going to be like, woo, I feel great. I'm motivated. And then your motivation is going to start to wear off. Your excitement for the journey is going to wear off because it does. It does does for everybody. It does for me, man. Sometimes the magic of working out, it's just not there. the magic of, Hey, I should probably have some fiber in my day. So I have good digestion is going to wear off. And I'm going to want to eat a cupcake instead, or, you know, six, the motivation goes. And when people rely on it, that's how they fall off track so quickly and so easily. So if you've ever thought to yourself, I don't know why I can't stay on track longer than a month, two months, whatever, it's because you're relying on motivation. And like I said, motivation is great for getting started, but when it comes to keeping up with your goals and actually grinding it out in the long term, it's about discipline. And that seems so cliche and I feel so like, oh, Instagram motivation post from 2014. But it's true. It is true that it is a poor thing to rely on in the long term. And that's where you do have to really work on your discipline for yourself, because that's what's actually going to carry you into. The long term with your goals and actually help you achieve them. So, relying on motivation is fine at first when you're excited and whatever, but in the long term, when you don't want to do your workouts, when you don't want to make a meal at home and you just want to order in all the time, and when you don't want to, you know, you're dreading everything about exercise, you hate the smell of broccoli or whatever it might be. That's where discipline comes into play. And just like anything else, like think about when you went to college and you had to suffer through your classes and things like that. I'm sure the first week of university or college or whatever it might be, you were probably pretty excited about it. You were looking forward to it. Wow, all these things I'm going to learn and whatever. And then after about a month, you're like, oh my God, I hate this. I hate everything about it. There's midterms coming up. There's papers. I'm overwhelmed. This isn't great. But you knew that if you stuck it out and you just kept working on it and you just keep your nose to the grindstone, that you would finish your degree, finish your whatever you're doing and get into your career or get to your long-term goal, whatever it was. Same thing applies when it comes to our fitness journeys is sometimes you do have to just grind it out. And it is hard. It is hard when you don't want to do it and you have to just kind of suffer through. Uh, I think Jordan Syed did a uh, podcast or a post on it one time. He called it willful suffering. Suffering through these things willfully so that it'll pay off later, and that's kind of the mental, the good mentality to have about it is understanding. Like, yes, at times this journey can suck, where you don't want to do your workouts, you don't want to eat you know, according to your goals, you don't want to track your progress. Nothing like that. Seems like nothing's working. Seems like you're just kind of not really going anywhere, but willfully suffering through and going through the motions and relying on your discipline over motivation will help get you results, which in turn in the long run will help you feel motivated to continue. So yes, sometimes it is about grinding it out. Sometimes it is about not loving the journey and sometimes the journey sucks. However, though, what is the alternative? And I always will ask my clients this, you know, when they feel frustrated and stuff, because they're valid in their feelings of feeling frustrated sometimes, but I'll ask them, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? The alternative is what? You quit, you quit, you don't work out, you don't look after your health, you stop, exercising and things like that. And then over the long term, your, your health is going, you know, you're, you're going to be working backwards from your goals. And they'll always say like, no, no, that's not the alternative. I'm like, okay, you can complain about it. You can be mad about it. You can suffer through and, you know, but at the same time, what's the alternative here? So don't rely on motivation Use motivation to help yourself get started. Use motivation to help yourself get excited. And then over time, you have to flex your discipline muscle. I don't have a magical way of telling you how to be disciplined. The best thing that you have to do is just keep reminding yourself of what you need to do and doing it and thinking of it as, you know, I don't have to want to do this, but I still have to do it. Same thing as like flossing your teeth. Same thing as getting up and going to work, reminding yourself of It's okay to not want to do it, but I still have to do it. All right, we are on number five. Number five of things that you need to stop doing in order to have success for your goals. Number five is you need to stop program and diet hopping. And what I mean by this is If this story sounds familiar to you, then this is for you. You find yourself a workout program, coaching program, program on YouTube, whatever it might be. You get yourself all excited about these new workouts and all these things. Get all the gear for it, whatever. You start doing it, and then after two weeks, you decide that it's not working because you're not seeing the results that you want. So then you try a different one. Or another alternative story would be: hear about this new diet, this new diet. You buy all the things for it. You look it up. You research it. Get all excited about it. You try it for three weeks. You realize, eh, this isn't really working. I'm not seeing the results that I want. It's a new quit and you just go try something else. I'm going to try this new diet now. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. The reason why that is a poor plan is because, number one, you're not going to see results after three weeks. You're just not. (laughs) And I understand you're all motivated and you're all excited about it, but at the same time, you're not going to see magical results in three weeks. You're just not being patient enough. And by program hopping or diet hopping constantly, you're not going to see what exactly that can do for you. So I'll have clients who will come to me and they say the words, I get bored really easily with my workouts and I feel like I need to switch up my workouts all the time. And it's like, well, the reason why you feel bored with your workouts is because you don't stick with them long enough to notice any progress. So then you get frustrated because you're not noticing any progress and then you just program hop. It has nothing to do with the program itself. I can guarantee you that your workout program is probably fine and you're probably going to make progress in some way, shape, or form during that program. But if you keep program hopping every two or three weeks, you're not going to see any results. You need to actually stick with it. To see results, you actually really need to stick with shit for the long term. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm not seeing results after three weeks. I am frustrated or whatever. No, that's not how it works. You need to give yourself a good I would say people hate it when I say this six months to a year to see real change. And I'm not saying you have to do the same workouts day in and day out, week after week for a year. No, um, generally speaking, when it comes to workout programs, you want to, adjust your workout program every like four to eight weeks. And that's usually what I do for my clients. And we're not talking earth shattering adjustments or anything like that. Generally, it's like we're adding progressions, we're changing rep ranges. We might go from, you know, a body weight squat to a goblet squat to eventually a barbell squat, like those types of progressions. But I'm not completely going from like, hey, now we're going to do Zumba. Now we're going to do hit, Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do that. We're following along the similar lines of the program, but progressing as we go through the different phases. That's what I'm speaking to. Same thing with nutrition. People get so impatient with nutrition and I get it. And this kind of goes back to, you know, the points that I made earlier That if you, instead of focusing on a crash diet or, you know, the fastest way to lose weight kind of diet, thinking that you're going to go back to eating the way that you were before when you're done dieting, which is a poor idea in the first place, start focusing on small changes that you can make sustainably over time for that and keep going for that six to 12 month period to see real significant change. Progress can be slow sometimes and that's okay because that means that you're focusing on real sustainable changes instead of just trying to lose weight the fastest. I heard a quote somewhere and I really wish that I could quote who said it. Um, but they made such a good point. It was, do you want to make real change or do you want to make fast change? And by fast change, they were talking about like, you know, real change versus fast change, real change when it comes to your workouts and nutrition and things like that is slower. Whereas fast change usually is yes, quick, but it involves silly methods like crash diets and over exercising and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The change might be fast, but then the change also goes away really fast. So When it comes to your workout programs, adding adjustments to your nutrition, those types of things, you got to give it time. Don't rush into it. Don't hop from program to program. Just stick with it. Give it time. Give it patience. Watch yourself improve and get better. And then you will see results in the long term, which will make you feel motivated to do more. So there you have it. Five things to stop doing in order to have success to your goals. In another episode, I may do another five, um, but I really hope that this helps you to understand some things or habits that you might be falling into that might be preventing you from achieving your fitness, health, or weight loss goals, and things that you can maybe work on over time to help improve that. Thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate everybody who comes along and listens to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate a five-star written review. Reviews on podcasts just really help to increase rankings and visibility so more people can see the podcast and come on and listen. Um, also I am back on YouTube. So I was on YouTube for a little while and then I kind of fell off the wagon and I decided to make a bit of a return, um, over the past few weeks. So I will leave the link to my YouTube in the show notes where I'm doing kind of more shorter not as short as like TikTok content, um, but kind of more like five to ten minute long content and posting it on my YouTube channel. And I feel like eventually I may start posting um my podcast on the YouTube, but I gotta get a better camera for that. <laughs> um as well as if you haven't already, you can please feel free to follow me on social media. I will post my Instagram and from there you can find my TikTok and other pages. If you have questions about my coaching, about my coaching and training. I am actually currently taking on and accepting new online training clients. So the great thing about online training is I can train you from anywhere. So it doesn't matter where you are listening right now, I can help you with your health and fitness goals. So you can feel free to head to my website. I will post it in the show notes, but it is www.fitlikeagirl, all one word, .ca. And from there, you can reach out to me through my contact form, as well as apply for online coaching as well and lastly I just wanted to also say one more time thank you so much for listening I really appreciate it and until next time take care fam